0: Hello and welcome to episode fifty-nine of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. As you can hear, my voice is in ribbons. Uh I mentioned on the last episode, the third installment of my Virtual Eleven series with Andrew De bruy thought I had a bit of a cough. That's turned into a full blown head cold now. And um <laughs> I also went to two bands in the last couple of nights uh, as I record this. It's the fifth of June, Sunday the fifth of June, and uh A couple of nights ago, I was at an R.E.M. tribute band. And then last night, I was at a Black Sabbath tribute band, completely ignoring the fact that I was getting a full-blown head cold and just going to gigs willy-nilly like a fool, probably. So in between blasting out the Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight and Heaven and Hell, uh, my voice has taken a turn for the worse. So this intro won't be particularly long, nor will the outro at the end of the episode. Because I'm struggling, as you can hear. So, this episode is uh, my promised interview with Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon, singer and bass player of Night Demon, bass player for Sirith Ungle, owner and a creator of Iron Grip Management, manager of bands like Visigoth, Night De- or not Night Demon, Midnight. Um, you know the accolades, you've heard them before, especially if you're a regular listener. Jarvis has been on once or twice before. And... Uh, This one was conducted back in May on the 13th of May, I believe. So I'm a good bit behind in launching these episodes. But um, this is kind of timely because Jarvis's festival in Ireland called Frost and Fireland happening in Derry, Northern Ireland to split hairs is happening on the 16th or sorry, the 17th and 18th of June. So we're less than two weeks out from it. Uh, You'll hear all about that on this episode. I interviewed Jarvis pretty much specifically about well, recent Night Demon activity, but also the ins and outs of running this festival, how it came together, what the day-to-day running of it is like, uh, all of his duties, tasks, etc. And I've been trying to help him promote it a little bit myself. As you'll hear, or you previously have heard, I won't make it because I'm going to Copenhagen. Uh, I got those tickets a long time before this was announced, unfortunately. I'd obviously love to be going to support this festival, but flights, accommodation, and in general, a holiday with friends from Sweden, Um they're all booked like and you know these some of these people I haven't seen in, in several years so it's not just something i can flippantly go ah oh, fuck it i'm not going to go to that i'll go to frost and fireland instead so i'd love to be there but if you can go i encourage you to do so this is uh, a grassroots level heavy metal festival happening in northern ireland uh, organized by jarvis Leatherby himself and featuring bands like Night Demon, sirothungal witch hazel uh dread sovereign alan averill from primordials other band and many more the bill looks fantastic and it's going to be, I know it's going to be fucking fantastic, and yeah, absolutely devastated not to be gone, but uh, yeah, uh, so you don't have to listen to too much more of my croaking, I'm going to take you straight to that interview I conducted with Jarvis Letterby last month, so I hope you enjoy. How
1: are you doing? You're in Ireland at the moment, are you?
2: Yeah, man, I'm here, I'm here just uh, setting up the fest for the next couple weeks before I hit the road, and uh get the whole thing going again man you know
1: right okay uh right sure let's get straight into it so you've been touring a bit obviously i saw you over in texas there um how's that going
2: good i mean i would have considered that touring yet we're about to start next week with like official touring we've done some one-offs we did two last year late last year two festivals and then a couple this year we did uh we did our our release show for the album in the beer back home in california then yes like you mentioned we did hell's heroes in texas and yes you were there that was so awesome that you came out and Absolutely. um last week we did um we played the Courts of chaos festival in Brittany, which mm-hmm. is like way on the west coast of france and um actually there was a two bands canceled the first day because of covid we were scheduled to play the second day so we ended up playing twice we played we played the first day and the second day of the festival two completely different sets so that was oh, actually sure. really cool yeah right. which we have we have some we have some some tour dates coming up where we're doing multiple nights so, um, it was good to test that out, you know, two completely different set lists. So, it was weird not playing Night Demon or the Chalice like for one of the nights, you know, like.
0: Oh, yeah, so, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: But, yeah, yeah. But no, it went well.
1: So, right. So, you do you have enough songs at your disposal? Like, I assume that was kind of a last minute thing. Do you have enough songs learned that you can just do that? Obviously, you do. Yeah,
2: yeah, of course. I mean, especially if you're talking about uh, a 45 minute set, you know, at a festival, not. A 90 minute headliner or something like that but we also Hmm. have enough covers that we could pull out of our back pocket you know if we need to do something like that so yeah yeah it was nice
1: very good so speaking of covers it was great to hear you play the sun goes down at hell's heroes Uh, I was very happy man
2: thank you yeah that was uh a um you you had asked if that was a possibility and so that that actually we weren't we weren't really thinking about that until you brought it up and I thought oh I mean that's a good good opportunity to put that there in set so it's a good little break there you know
1: yeah yeah um and you absolutely nailed it as well it was really good performance but it was also great to hear all those other songs from the singles you'd released um you played a few of them um so like it must be the first couple of times you've played those live really is it
2: yeah, like starting at our shows last year. I mean, so I guess we've had six shows now since the pandemic started, and uh, yeah, we've been able to bring some of those out, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's nice, and and here we are getting ready to hit the road and support finally of these singles and the compilation year of the Demon, which is kind of a re-release of all these things, and yeah. so we'll be we'll be touring off that throughout the end of this year. So that's the idea.
1: Excellent stuff. So uh, that wasn't your first time playing Hell's Heroes, was it?
2: No, actually, uh, we've played the first edition of it uh, when it started. So, But it's it's grown since then, so it's good to come back. And they actually are talking about having this back next year as well. So uh, right. we'll, see, we'll see what we can do.
1: So um, was it the same setup then when you played it the first time, the two stages and the exchange same over exact,
2: Same exact thing.
1: Yeah. I noticed that like the kind of the sequencing of the timing got a bit skewed almost immediately. Uh, Savage Master, I think went over and then it kind of threw the thing out. <laughs> um, it was a bit disappointing because I had to miss some bands that I really wanted to see, like Traveler um, and I didn't even see uh, Summerlands. I completely forgot they were on. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but like, uh, is that like, did, it, did that happen the last time as well? Or is like, was it? I can't remember
2: if it happened last time. It was a w- only a one day festival last time. Um, but yeah, uh, you know i mean that stuff that stuff does happen um you hate to see that happen but it it unfortunately does um you know with frost and fire we try and not stagger things um in order to have the the opportunity for everybody to see all the bands but it that also gives you less bands you know if you if you don't have multiple stages but that's okay that's okay with me you know i i uh I like to keep things that that way for that reason.
1: Yeah. You know what the thing is like when I first saw the Hell's Heroes poster, the, the pure number of bands on it was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, I have to go to this. Like These are bands I've been listening to for the last couple of years. And I, I've never had the opportunity to see most of them. But then I think in in hindsight, in retrospect, I would prefer if they cut 25% of the bands and gave other bands a longer set and then had a maybe a 15 minute interval between the the performances. I think it might have run a lot smoother, and also it was like I was getting into Night Demon, getting into Hunt. None of a sudden, I was right. Thank you, good night. You're like fucking hell. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I definitely. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think. You know, I don't know where my future lies as a festival promoter. Definitely, we're doing this thing in Ireland in a in a few weeks, which or in a month's time, which is going to be uh, amazing. Um. You know, my passion as a festival promoter has gone down a lot in the in the uh, throughout the years. And I have to be very inspired to do something. You know, I'm inspired to do this here because I, I feel like this place needs it. Um, mm. but I I was talking with the promoter of Hell's Heroes, who's a good friend of mine, after the festival, you know, it was all said and done about a week later. And uh, you know, I think we both kind of agreed that like We've both kind of agreed to kind of take the responsibility forward. That you know, from now on, when doing these things, um, to it's the shift has happened where the the next generation bands, such as a Night Demon and a Haunt, you know, can easily hold their own in a much higher position on the bill. Absolutely, you know, I'm seeing I'm seeing now that like a lot of not only the young fans but the older crowd knows every Night Demon song you know and
1: yeah
2: and I think like you know in Europe we you have this kind of seniority rule on the festivals and Mm. it just doesn't seem to translate anymore you know because you have a lot of older bands like maybe like a medieval steel that really only has one song you know (laughs) and it's like you know when you have maybe one or two original members of that band It's kind of like you kind of wonder sometimes, you know, and it's like it's like when the average age of the older guard, the average age of every member is probably 65 to 70 years old across the board from your Mm. from your priests to maidens to medieval steels or whatever. Right. It's like we need to have a future here for this and there's going to be a big gap later. So I think now is the time to start putting these bands up there. So if I do another Frost and Fire on the West Coast, you know, I've kind of vowed to only have maybe two to three older bands on it because it's like you know i i think like a a night demon or a haunt or a high spirits a band like this is bands like this that have been around for a good decade that have a Mm. solid catalog everybody knows the songs like Mm. that's who people are coming to see i think that's it's i am I'm, I'm more than happy to roll the dice and 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 go with that you know
1: i can see that being a success just looking at the patches that people were wearing like sure. there were so many of the younger bands represented on those patches and like uh and the t-shirts and things like that but also like i think eternal champion could have and maybe should have a that i've uh, just been in the crowd watching the audience ticken and swell when they came on the stage quite late but they still came on and uh, I think like they have enough of a following now or a band like that, you know, to, uh, to headline the festival rather than Candlemas or something who are good, but like, right. I, I, I'm thinking like they've had their day uh, at this point. I, like,
2: I I agree, you know, and like, you know, especially there, like eternal champions, um, they're very, they're like local to, to that scene, exactly. you know? So, so that, you know, um, but, and also, they they rarely play, so I think that's always a selling point, you know? Um, yeah. when It's a more of exclusive thing. It's not like a Night Demon thing where we're all... We, we can be on the road a lot and and caught in a lot of different places around the world. Um, yeah. But, yeah, you know, I, th- I thought that they had a pretty good time slot, too, but I, I also feel like the Night Demons and Haunts deserve that same spot, you know, to be honest, you know? I mean, like, I was... I, I'm not going to say I was surprised, but I was, um, uh, I was, I was, uh, sorry. My girlfriend's like creeping down the stairs. Like she doesn't need to creep down. She's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, it doesn't want to be hurt. Uh, but, uh, uh hi, Laura. yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Fergal says hi. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, like I, I, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't. Maybe. What's the right word? I wasn't shocked to see that you know we were on so early in the day, and there was so many. I mean, we had one of the largest crowds of the weekend. Oh no, I think, definitely there, as well. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the and the energy was there. You know, so it's kind of like okay. At, at this point, I'm I've kind of got to hold my own on this and go okay. Well, I think now we can c- command a, a higher position. You know, it's not about the money. It's just basically like. Let's give people a chance. I mean, I think I think we're bands like us are like we're worthy in the headlining spot. Like we definitely bring the show and people people know the band and the material. And that's when you can merge those two things together, I think that's when it makes sense, right?
1: Absolutely. Like and just flip it, like put Medieval Steel on in the middle of the day and put the band on as the headliner. Like, um, I mean, come on, like uh I didn't see too many people wearing medieval steel t-shirts really around the place yeah i mean everybody
2: knows the song and, and i get that and like i almost kind of just want to uh, have the band play every day of the festival at noon just play the one song so we like have, <laughs> we like have medieval steel lunch hour you know and like it's like a, you know like every day they can play the one song you know and people can participate you know uh, and no disrespect to them but but uh I think uh respect needs to respect has been earned by the undercard you know uh that's the thing you know
1: certainly certainly um I want to go back for a second to you mentioned the beer how's the beer launch gone
2: oh great yeah it's gone really good um it's selling very well you know from the brewery which is great they have it on draft and can uh So, uh, you know, these things are usually a one run shot, but we'll see, you know, Uh, we thought about that with our hot sauce too. And now it's like being sold in a lot of retailers and a few big restaurants and big venues in California have it as a regular menu item. So you never know with this stuff, you know, you just kind of got to go for it. And we, you know, we're grateful that That people want to do this stuff with us and and Mm. you know you got to just take one 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 step before the other right and see where that all goes but yeah so far it's uh it's been a success you know
1: do do you have a bit of the bruce dickinson in you where you're not satisfied unless you're like trying 20 different things all the time or
2: you know what no i i think i think maybe that um i think that that is in my nature but it's something I'm trying to break, to be honest, you know, right. I mean, okay. it is. It really is. I I uh, find myself more and more every day uh, wanting to be the guy in Night Demon, you know, and especially, mm. especially since um, like what we just talked about, you know, it's like, I guess we're a younger band, but like, you know, I'm, I'm 41, I'm not 21. So it's mm. like... I feel like, you know, I, I think just, you know, there's, you, you start to, the, the older you get, the more people, more friends you see pass away, the more family you see pass away, the more bands you see break up, mm. you know, the more you see the world change, especially after this whole pandemic and you go through wars and recessions and like, you just kind of go, man, what's it all worth? Like, what, what really makes me happy? What, you know? I'd be lying if I say that the other things didn't cause some amount of stress, you know. Yeah. And a lot of the other things that I have on my plate, they're a constant. It's like I like to. I wish I could say you know it worked in seasons, you know it doesn't. It's uh, that's why I always envied um, you know, like uh, uh people that work on films, whether they're actors or directors or producers. It's usually like, even though they they may have. A few projects on the go at the same time. Every project has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of you know what I'm saying. You, you can kind of put yourself fully into that, and then mm. you, you know you you give it all your effort, and then you can you can put it away and go. Okay, I did that, and mm. it lives forever. You know, yeah. and that's a snapshot of my creativity in that point in my life. Um, and now I can move on to something to something else. You know.
1: Yeah, and you have a tangible thing you can point to. Then for all your your two years worth of work or something like that. Sure, yeah. An ongoing pursuit like Iron Grip Records or something like that. Where yeah, I suppose yeah, yeah. you'll have small milestones along the way of releases and things. But I'd say it's a it's a constant uh, pressure. Uh, to... it, it it really
2: is, man. And and so I've been I've been conscious about that moving forward. And now that Night Demon has a uh, new record done, and and we're planning the release of that, I've just really taking stock of my life and, and just, I'm really trying to make some plans. It's scary though, man, you know, the unknown is scary and you don't want to uh, step back from something that's good, but um, you, you, sometimes you have to, uh, it's almost like uh, I think uh, Josh on the talking maiden podcast once said something that was like brilliant. And, and he was talking about Steve Harris, um, like basically you know, they had a good thing going on with Deano and like, but they, he kind of saw the writing, like where, where that, you know, where it would go with him and where it would go with a guy like Bruce, you know? And he was like, mm. he was willing to, he was willing to trade in good for great, mm. even though there was uncertainty there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the kind of courage that I am striving for, uh, okay. these days, you know? Um, uh, yeah. And. It's, it's just tough, man. It's like, you know, cause financially you're also kind of looking at the uncertainty of the world and you're like, man, you know, um, having all these other entities, um, it's, uh, it's, it's been able to make, it's, I've been able to be like a, to make my living in, in heavy metal. Right. So, yeah. uh, not to say there's not a lot of losses. Sometimes I still do take a lot of risk, you know? Um, but, but there could be a, um, there's another way to look at it is like hey you know if you had more time for for certain things that you're absolutely in love with like I guess you you it's it's natural that that turns into more income too because you're you're working that harder of course yeah yeah. sure so so that's uh, another another angle to think about so I don't know
1: so can i take it then that iron grip isn't going to turn into a label who seeks out new bands and signs them? no
2: no 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 that's not my intention at all and to be honest like i had fun reissuing a lot of stuff uh, a lot of records that i love and it's and i've kind of like i've fulfilled my, my desires with that. And, you know, I distribute the Hawk records and I work closely with Trevor and I, I love helping him out, you know, but next year I could see myself focusing on maybe one release that and, and really focusing on it and really making it, you know, really seeing it through. Cause um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm very much old school in the way that like when a new record comes out, it's like, that's when the work begins these days. Uh, the work traditionally begins a few months before and when the record comes out, the labels typically move on, you know, and and yeah. I, I would like to see, like with the new serathungal record or a new Night Demon record, um, to like really, really push that throughout the entire album cycle.
1: New Sirith record. Very interesting.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's that completely... In- that's completely written. It's, okay. It's uh, the Night Demon album is completely recorded. So mm. um, yeah, there's some things you know. And
1: yeah. So it was great to see them actually as well. I'd obviously never seen them, and I think I mentioned to you on a previous interview we did that I when I initially heard Sarah Thungle, I didn't like them at all. I didn't like sure. Tim's voice. I mean, me uh, neither. <laughs> yeah, and then like when they did, released that live album a couple of years ago, I gave them another try, and I, I quite liked his voice on that. And uh, he was just a, such a powerful. I mean, obviously you're on stage with him as well. Sorry, he's such a powerful force. Um, it's like they they started or you started with "I'm Alive." I think I was like, fucking you now this is." <laughs> like it was late at night i have gone through two days or three days yeah. festival. i was tired i was sore but then they came on and he has the like sunglasses on he's just that uh, oh, it was i was unbelievable like uh, oh that's so cool good. i'm yeah. glad you but
2: liked then, it that's great
1: but then you see him walking around the festival the day before or in a t-shirt and shorts looking like the 60 something year old man he is it was such a strange juxt- juxtaposition of like the doom yeah. god And yeah uh, you
2: know just uh just just real people. And you know, we're all real human beings in 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 general. And it's like uh, you know, I mean, it's these days there is it's hard to hide from stuff, you know. It's funny because I was watching this um Aussie interview from like 87. Mm. In 1987, right? You know, so he says in this, he's asked in this interview, in 1987, basically. It's like what you know, what do you think, how's, how's rock and metal changed? Like, what's what what are the things that you see uh, these days in 1987? What uh, What's, you know, what's good or bad about it? And he said that, you know, there's, uh, there's just no mystery in it anymore. And I'm like, man, if he, like, this is pre the Osbournes, uh, pre-social media. It's like, man, it kind of made me feel good because if he was saying that then, Mm. you know I mean, because that's what we say now you know that's what we say now if he was saying mm. it then then i know this is a kind of maybe a never-ending cycle of that you know
1: yeah but it, i thought hell's heroes was quite interesting in that there was like you say there was no mystery there was zero separation between the artists and the fans and it like they were the, the artists were so on the level of the fans that you just saw everybody just strolling around and like it was it was a great atmosphere actually but yeah is that good actually, for you
2: from your I, perspective what it, do you it, think? it's just
1: it's unusual, like, because as, as you say, you see Tim Baker walking around in a pair of shorts and you're just kind of like, uh, <laughs> I don't know right, if that's right. a, it's a good or a bad thing. But like at, also at the same point, it, people were quite approachable as well. So it's um I'm not sure really actually where I stand on that. But yeah, uh, I, I'm
2: curious to know from from a fans perspective and from a show doors perspective, what that does. I mean, whether. I, I, first of all, I'm, I'm one, I'm curious to know if uh, it's something that people in, like and enjoy. And then on the flip side, I'm curious to know if that changes the view at all of, of said artist, you know?
1: Yeah. OK, so um, I thought it was actually so relaxed that I, I think I said to you, um, I asked Mike Scalzi for a photo and he said no. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I, he he's the anti-rock star and that's why yeah you know, that's the only no, we, reason he's not an asshole that's no that's what yeah
1: yeah we were we were having a good chat and um, then i went back to him a minute later and i was like do you mind if i got a photo he's like ah oh, no uh oh look i haven't eaten and i'm all like bah. <laughs> he did say to me come back to me after i've eaten and we'll see okay. uh, and then i saw him doing some interviews and stuff but afterwards i was kind of reflecting on it mate saying like is this atmosphere the right atmosphere to be going asking people for photos because it was so like it's like the barrier had been broken down so much that like you didn't have to queue up outside the venue or you didn't have to get a chance meeting with somebody they were just right there and i was like is this is this the appropriate place to be doing that and i kind of felt maybe that it isn't actually because it's like um because they've let their guard down so much i felt maybe it maybe it's a bit inappropriate to go up and ask for no, no, photo no no
2: no It's totally appropriate. And like once you put yourself out there in the general population, everything's fair game. You got to understand that as an artist. And I think we all I really think we all do. You know, I think more than anything, it's the current culture where people don't want to come up and ask for stuff. Back in the day, people would have no problem doing that, you know? Yeah,
1: it's it's, it's odd as well. Like when I've spoken to people like you and others like who, who were at the festival, then asking for a photo it feels a bit weird like so i but I, michael Padrebo from glacier was staying in my hotel and I, it was the day we were leaving i was like i'm not gonna let this opportunity pass without getting a photo with him like and I, I messaged him and i was just like hey are you still in texas he's like yeah still here in the hotel and i was like uh he's and then he said to me maybe we should get a photo i was like yes you've <laughs> read my uh, mind
2: <laughs> well he's a photographer too so he's been taking photos of all the bands all weekend you know yeah so- i saw him
1: with his with his uh professional looking camera but then with other right. people i don't know i just thought it was a bit weird so yeah it does it does kind of dilute the rock star aspect of it it does same
2: but is that good or bad you know that's
1: yeah it's hard i'd have to think about that one actually and come yeah. back to it um yeah like you wouldn't see steve harris walking around the place like you know what i mean uh you just simply wouldn't there'd be a separation there
2: yeah, I mean he's on a much higher level too. I know, but like, know? yeah. So,
1: like, if you're trying to make a comparison, but yeah, o- overall, it's I suppose it's a strange setup. But I couldn't tell you if it's actually necessarily a good or a bad thing, really.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah.
1: So, uh, back to the album. So the album's been out now for a few months. How's that going?
2: Well, it's pretty good actually. Uh It's charted way higher than I thought it would for a bunch mm. of songs that have essentially kind of been released already. You know, so it's yeah. definitely given some new some new life into these songs which we did which we desperately needed there was many bands that i enjoyed who released albums during the uh, front end of the pandemic much like us with the singles and it's just sad that you know like the not to say that the albums didn't do well or get you know there was a lot of attention on them because people were at home and able to listen and buy stuff but um you know to not be able to go out and play the songs you know as as years go by to two plus years you know a lot of these bands are already thinking about uh new, newer stuff and uh it's kind of a you have a lost record sometimes you know and uh, we're fortunate enough to to not have that situation you know and i've mm. talked to you before about keeping this somewhat clean discography as clean yeah, as yeah. you can as clean yeah. as you can this was an opportunity to, to do that you
1: know? yeah it's a it's a nice tidy up job that you did there yeah, actually <laughs> yeah
2: yeah thank you thank it you. consolidates all of the
1: the stuff into one place that, and like i i think i said to you as well i, I prefer that But i'm looking through a thing and it's like oh this ep and this single and blah 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 and then they're not on the album so you're like how do i listen to it all you know <laughs> like i mean even like
2: yeah even this last year we finally uh put our our debut ep on the digital streaming platforms and i said well let's make sure we put the expanded edition on there because we don't want it to be an ep we want it to show up as like this is night demons first album because that's how we look at it you know i mean really those songs we play live all the time and it's like that was our first record you know i don't care if there was four original songs on it doesn't matter that was our first record
1: yeah, no. absolutely. Yeah, and you do play them. You don't ignore them like some mother bands might yeah. for the no, very, very no. early release. Yeah, I mean, we'll
2: see what happens when we're on album number twenty, but I doubt, I doubt it, <laughs> and we, 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 I doubt we'll get there either. So <laughs> uh,
1: maybe Trevor will get there at some point.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, he's probably there right now. You know, so yeah, very
1: good. Uh, so obviously, you've got the uh, festival coming up in Derry, Northern Ireland, in June, and you're promoting that at the moment. How, how like, how did it come about originally, and what is involved? I suppose it's a very broad question. I'll be more specific in a minute. But like, how does it come from the idea to actual fruition? Like, what what did you need to do to get that sorted?
2: I think like with any idea that anybody ever has in life, the important thing is you have to act immediately when the inspiration strikes. If you right. don't, if you don't, things go away. Um, if you're studying something. And you're taking notes. Um, look at your notes right after you get out of class, and sort them in your head so you know what they mean. Don't even wait two hours till you get home. You won't. They won't make any sense. Um, if you have inspiration for something, immediately put it down on paper. Not. I mean, if you if you're somewhere where you can't write something physically, put them on your phone, your, your notes, yeah, yeah, or send yeah. yourself an email. That's fine, but there's some there's a certain thing about there's a certain translation um, from from um, brain to reality when you actually physically write something down. It makes it real. It puts it into the real world. It actually physically exists now. So um, I I recommend just doing that when you have any idea. If you have a dream, keep it keep something next to your bed you know if you have a dream or if you wake up in the middle of the night and you have an idea write it down because you will forget it um, guaranteed and, and it, or it won't either that or it won't have the same fire that it once did so once you once you have an idea for something you have to immediately put it into play so that it puts it 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 gives you some responsibility to see it through um Mm. and you know hey look it may be um it may be it may be that uh it's more difficult than you thought it was or Mm. uh there's challenges that come with it which will happen but again it's it puts you in a position to where you're actually doing something with it and kind of have to make it work you know and that's kind of how it came for me um Frost and fire was something that had always been done as a cor- kind of hometown festival. We were doing it in Ventura, California for a long time at multiple venues, which is an hour North of LA. So it's out of the big city. It's in a place that people want to be in. Um, we did, we did it in London, but we did it in Camden, which is a more kind of hometown vibe. And we were able to do it in a lot of multiple venues within walking distance. Um, mm. I probably wouldn't do London again. Um, but uh you know here I, I tried to do one in Dublin um
1: I remember you telling me it was going to be the yeah academy.
2: it yeah. was going to be at the academy and I and I and I planned on doing it here actually before I even had the notion to to move to Ireland or or before I even had a uh, desire to be here any more than uh for a weekend you know yeah. um so so when I ended up you know ha- coming to ireland during the pandemic and s- extending my stay and and kind of really just falling in love with the place and and just you know tracing back my lineage and finding out that like you know my great great grandfather is like from in about an hour and a half from where i am now you know yeah. it's like i'm actually from here it's right. like kind of all magically lined up but being in dairy, Um, and just spending so much time in the lockdown here and learning about the history of the city and, and how, and all the energy here is just, it's incredible, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, just having these city walls and these cannons and these uh, beautiful cathedrals and just a history of, uh, of bloodshed going back, uh, at least four to 600 years that we can trace. I mean, not to mention what God, you know, who knows what happened, uh, you know
1: yeah
2: but just all these uh neolithic things around here and ruined churches it just it's it's it oozes heavy metal and Mm. the fact that um you know i've met the handful of metalheads in this town and they're like you you look like nothing like this has ever happened here and it never will." absolutely yeah it gave me the the um impetus to to go look uh the thing in in dublin was canceled and I need to bring it somewhere here. I think Dublin was wrong in the first place. There's a reason why it was canceled. No disrespect to Dublin, but again, it's like th- the, this festival is not meant to be done in a big metropolitan city or it's not, it's frost, the spirit of Frost and Fire is heavy metal descending on a destination. Mm. on a special destination and and taking over and influencing the local townspeople that you know not to not judge a book by its cover that metalheads are a very nice group of people Mm. and um we will show that to to the local community and that's the the idea
0: so the
1: the nerve center right it's not a venue i was familiar with before is that a do you walk up in person to, to approach these people do you call them on the phone how what how does that work initially
2: yeah, I mean, I scouted tons of venues here. And I had set up meetings with uh, probably eight or nine different places and had a walkthrough and talked about budget, pricing, capacity, uh, all logistics.
0: Mm. Um,
2: originally, uh, you know, I wanted to do something at the Guild Hall and at St. Collins Hall, They're big Beautiful legendary venues here. One is a council venue. You know, I had to meet with council members and get the okay, and you know, a lot of talk to a lot of people here. But in the end, with the whole COVID uncertainty, I had to, I decided to take it to a place that does concerts regularly, you know, and not so I wouldn't have to deal with any surprises with the way things were going. Things were going so back and forth, you know. Mm -hmm. Now we're in the clear, but. Um, I don't know, that could change next month. Like with sure. the council, with a council run venue, they could say, okay, it needs to be seated now or okay. Uh, um, your capacity needs to be cut in half. Like how, how do I decide what people can't come to the gig now? You know? So like, yeah. so that was just, um, it's ideally I wanted to do it in some other places, but the responsible party in, in me, uh, decided to go this route. So I just want to see this thing happen
1: you know yeah 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 I, i'm so disappointed i can't be there but i uh, have those Copenhagen tickets and uh they were they were pricey so <laughs> i hear you
2: man i, hear I you. have
1: to go to that yeah. um so then you mentioned budget and things like that do you pay to rent the venue or oh uh, yeah the fact that you're yeah okay and then like did they take a cut of merch and things like that or no
2: no i rent i rent the venues outright yeah you know and okay it, so so the bands can keep their merch and okay. um but yeah, I'm responsible for backline, hotels, flights, catering, ticketing, wristbands, advertising. You know, a lot goes into it. I need a lot of upfront capital to do it, and I still haven't made my money back. You know, the show's not selling as well as I hoped. But again, it's like the spirit of doing it. Doing it here is what matters. You know, that I can. I can make up for any loss later in my life, you know, I mean, what matters is, is this thing happening? I think it's important that this happens. And, you know, these days, like people are so used to things being canceled that mm-hmm. the market's totally oversaturated right now with every festival in the world. I mean, look, you're going to something the same weekend. Um, we mm-hmm. just got to see how it goes, you know, but I have faith that, you know, things will pick up. We've got another hard push this last month. Hopefully yeah. anybody listening to this podcast has a, um, uh, has a you know will be influenced to come and check this out i mean it's going to be amazing you know so well
1: i i I did stick those stickers up all over dublin so hopefully i appreciate (laughs) that
2: thank you so much (laughs) hopefully somebody sees them
1: and actually one of the record shops i went into the guy was so nice he was like uh yeah, you can stick one up, no problem. They had a little notice board. And then I sucked them in the hall as well. He's like, you can put them on the uh, on the, the record shelf there. He's like, we keep the heavy metal vinyl over here. And I was like, I can stick it on. In the, the- dark
2: corner. <laughs> I
1: was like, no, no, it wasn't. It was prominently yeah, yeah, yeah. featured. Like, and I, I was like, I can stick it on the actual, like the, the bin or not the bin, but like the shelving thing where the, the records are. He's like, is that okay? He's like, I say it's okay. I was like, all
2: right then <laughs> nice, nice. Oh yeah, I, I stuck them
1: up around the place. Uh, and I, I, I stuck some up illicitly as well around the place too. So uh, right, dude,
2: that's awesome, man. Thank you yeah. so much. Every little bit helps, you know. It's like I still see, you know, I put up literally thousands. Yeah. Um, in the Derry Sherman area and stuff. And I still see stuff. I was in the train station the other day and I saw it, I'm like, great. You know, you just don't know who's going to stumble upon upon that yeah. stuff.
1: Do you know what? Like every metalhead I know in Dublin is going. Like, so. Um, that's great. I think I'd say your only problem is people haven't heard of it yet. But I'd say that's the only issue because people. I don't know how. People that I'm speaking to are very excited about it, but there's a lot of people who don't listen to podcasts and things like right. that. And they, I don't know, they mightn't even be on Facebook. So like, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of difficult maybe to to come into contact with these things, but um, yeah. Yeah. But I was actually sticking one up outside a train station uh, in Dublin, uh, Tara street, Dart station. And there was some guy walking by big long hair, a beard, leather jacket. And he was like,
2: Got my tickets already, mate. <laughs> it's like, nice. Hi. That's, that's amazing. That's so cool. See, that's, yeah. that's, that's worth it in itself. Again, like the people that be, are, are coming are the people that really want to be there. And this is for them, you know, mm. and like this for them. And yeah. like, I, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah. You know?
1: So then like, the, you know, you mentioned a lot of things there about the running of a festival. So you're renting the venue outright; you get to keep all the merch, money, all that type of stuff. How does the bar work in a situation like that?
2: Uh yeah, they they usually keep the bar. That's 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 no venues rarely give that up. You know, so okay. yeah, it's unfortunate because. But you know, if you run a festival yourself and do an open air outside, and you got the liquor licensing, that's where you're gonna you're gonna make some money on that alcohol for sure. Yeah, you know. Because
1: the girl serving me at Hell's Heroes actually, uh, I went to the bar that was near the merch stand and um, they didn't have Lone Star written up on the board, which I've been right. drinking it all weekend. I was like, do you have Lone Star? And she's like, oh yeah, we'd never make any money if we didn't sell that. Because <laughs> uh, they were selling for like $7 a can. She was right, like, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> was like, it just
1: happens to be the beer that all the heavy metal folk like anyway. Sure. So I was like, yeah. But I actually <laughs> wanted to drink it ever since watching, uh, what the fuck is that called? Uh, the, the, True Detective, uh, okay. Matthew McConaughey okay. is drinking Lone Star. I was like, I'm fucking right. getting Lone Star in Texas. I didn't have to look very <laughs> hard for
2: it. <laughs> yeah, and, it's okay. everywhere.
1: So like on the day of the festival, then you're going to be doing, well, it's two days, right? So are Night Demon and Sirith Ungol playing different days? Correct. Right. So you're going to be organizing and running a festival, playing with Night Demon and playing with Sirith Ungle. I can imagine that might be quite a stressful couple of days for you.
2: Uh I mean I've done it before, so like I'm you know, it's it is what it is. Like uh what what's the other option? Don't play a festival, don't put on a festival, and don't play with your bands, you know. What I mean, like that's yeah. that's kind of, that's the way I look at it to keep the stress level to a minimal. You know, it's like, all right, you know, what are we here to do? You know, <laughs> like yeah. but but I I I yeah, that's that's what I have to tell myself. <laughs>
1: get the job done yeah uh, and then like i assume you have you hired people to do security ticketing all that type of stuff or
2: yeah i mean there's there's some people you know there's definitely uh you know part of the rental fee you know includes some venue staff for some of that you know and i've had to hire some private people from the private sector and obviously rep vans to go pick up people because it's like nobody's flying into Derry airport you know i gotta pick up i gotta pick up some dublin and in belfast and you know it's is there an thing.
1: airport in Derry? There is, yeah. Is there? I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Uh, okay, yeah. all right. So you have to go pick up everybody and all yeah. that, yeah. Jesus. Okay. Well, look. I mean, I really hope it's a massive success. Uh, it's great <laughs> to see. I know. I really, really do. Like, I would like. It's hey, look. This- the
2: fact that it's. I look at the way that I look at it is the fact that it's happening, and it's happening in dairy is a success. I mean, that's it. If 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 the, if it can happen, that's to me. That's this. That's it's just one of those things. It's like. It, a lot of people around here said that it couldn't happen and said that I wouldn't do it, you know? Yeah. And now people are like, Hey, this guy actually like put his money where his mouth is. And like, this thing is going down, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so that's, that's what I appreciate the most is just making things happen, you know, let make yeah. like it. And yeah, look, it hasn't been without its fair share of challenges, but what, what good things in life don't have that i really i've I've kind of learned that
1: absolutely yeah well what's the the biggest challenge you've had so far
2: uh the biggest challenge was is basically securing securing the date and the clubs because like this all happened through covid right so it's like that that was the biggest that was the biggest challenge because again i had i had I had it all set up with other sound companies and everything like in other places first. So it was really moving it. And luckily I didn't put anything on sale or announce anything until that happened. Um, but that, and, um, you know, I mean, now it's just logistical challenges of, you know, getting everybody here at the same time and all that stuff, you know, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, great to see uh, Brian Downey's Alive and Dangerous on the bill as well. That's a bad I'd love to have seen. Did you have contact with Brian directly
2: or how did you get them? No, I, I just got in contact with his agent and um, kind of just worked it out like that. But again, it's like he's, you know, it's like, Hey, what is it going to take to get this? And he gave me the price and I just said, okay, you know, it's like, I wasn't going to have them. I want them to feel appreciated. But then now I see like, you know, they had nothing on the go and now there's like 10 iron shows around it. And I I'm looking at these venues. I'm like, there's no way they're paying what I'm, what I'm paying, you know? So, uh, but, uh, but that's just hey, again, that's the way it is. And like, I'm not as from one artist to another, you know, I want that respect, too. So it's like I believe in, in good karma in that way. And it's just like, hey, you know, just like, like, just do the right thing. Do what you feel is the right thing. And, and uh, you know, you can go to bed at night with a clear conscience and, mm. <laughs> you know.
1: And then, you know. yeah, that, that's another interesting thing. So, like, does the artist, do you just ask them what they usually take us their fee or like it seems like you're setting yourself I mean, up to be played I mean, maybe with that
2: no i mean come on i'm not i was born at night but i wasn't born last night you know i've been in this business <laughs> i've been in this, I've, I've been in this business for a long time you know yeah, yeah so a long time and i and i put on i put on shows to anybody from you know eddie money to slayer you know so like yeah. i've yeah like No, I mean, I I make offers, but I mean, it's like, in the sense of Brian Downey, it's just something that I really wanted, and I knew, and I really love what he's doing, and I've been following it for a few years now, and um, I thought that I needed to have that here, and he wasn't active when when I approached him, so like, maybe me doing this kicked off his activity, and now he's got a whole thing going on again, like that's something in itself to be proud of, you know? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And I did, I went on their Facebook page and I did see they have a load of dates around it as well. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Although they put it down as fire and frost festival on their
2: Yeah. I saw that too. (laughs) I saw that too. But again, it's like, what can you do? You know, it's like, I I have so many things going on, like to get get nitpicky about all this stuff. It's just like, I just realized this is all just all these small details that just don't fucking matter. I know nobody, That's like, I just, I just, I just continue on, you know, like all I can do is what I do and tell people, Hey, here's what's happening. And if, if, if they get it right or wrong, I can't worry about what anybody else thinks about it. You know?
1: I know, I know. But, Sorry. I just noticed yeah. that I am a kind of a pedantic. Architect. No, no. All right. Right. So, uh, so you've got a new night demon album coming later on in the year, um, Sorry. end of the year kind of time.
2: Um, it's going to be early next year. It was supposed right, to be okay. at the. It was supposed to be at the end of this year, and it, it's scheduled to happen that way. But um, things got really jumbled up here with like because there was another, you know, there was another uh, postponement at the beginning of this year. It wasn't like I mean there was a whole false or uh, spring tour that got postponed too. The COVID thing was still lingering, mm-hmm. so. The deal is we have a new single coming out at the end of july which is for decibel magazine they have a flexi series oh Um, it's like yeah so that's kind of a one-off um the thing is we're still touring off year of the demon all the way through the end of october so uh to have an album come out at the end of the year we would have been releasing new album singles as early as august so yeah. I mean what how confusing is that? You know? So Yeah.
1: And do you know what I might just get lost in the shuffle that way? Um, it
2: totally will. So like which, I think that I think that we're gonna start promoting this new record with some new singles at the beginning of November and it'll be released early next year. That's definitely. that's what the timeline looks like. So so we've got a steady flow of stuff, stuff happening
1: very good all right so you've got uh the next thing though on your plate obviously is frost and fireland that's happening 17th and 18th of june 2022 in the nerve center in Derry, northern ireland if you're not going and you're listening to this go and get yourself a ticket it's a fantastic lineup uh you've got brian downey's Tim lizzie gamma bomb Mithra, night demon syrith satan Wh- midnight and witch hazel as well and dread sovereign uh, alan Averill's other doom metal band uh it's a Bloody fantastic, Bill, and anyone who's listening and who isn't gone and is within a flight distance away should be, in my opinion. Yes,
2: IronGripheavymetal.com is where you can get tickets.
1: Excellent. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this, your third appearance on Feckin' Metal. Yeah. Uh, you're you're, you're a awesome. regular now. Uh, you've got the I mug. Uh, yeah, only- I got
2: the mug. <laughs> I've got it.
1: There's only 10 of those in existence, so uh or 20, 10 or 20, I can't remember. I got some I got a few of them made anyway, but uh yeah. I,
2: I, I forgot about this interview today, and this was literally like I, I was drinking this and I thought about oh wait, when's that happening? Oh, that's today, yeah. <laughs> Excellent.
1: So, all right, look, thanks a million, Jarvis. I really appreciate it. As always, best of luck with the you, festival, dude. and I'll do my best to spread the word in any way I can. Uh, I really down appreciate down.
2: all your help, man. I mean, really so much. Yeah, no, no worries. Awesome. Like,
1: Ireland needs this. Heavy, yeah. heavy metal festivals don't happen and anytime somebody tries to organize one, they fall apart uh yeah. that bloody candle mass thing that's supposed to be happening has just been fuck I, it. it's a it's a joke in the in the <laughs> metal community at the moment right so.
2: right i don't
1: think anyone thinks it's gonna happen but uh it anyway. probably won't <laughs> all right they already have the name cancel mass but uh, yeah,
2: exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: yeah all right look brilliant thanks a million for that
2: all right thanks man i'll talk to you all right all enjoy right, the rest of the day you. see you you too thank you.
0: Bye bye. All right, so that was Jarvis Leatherby talking about Frost and Fireland, which is happening in Derry, Northern Ireland, on the 17th and 18th of June. As I said at the start of this episode, if you can go to that, you haven't got your ticket yet, I fully recommend that you give it a shot. Who knows? I know Jarvis sounded a bit downbeat about his future as a festival promoter on the episode there. Since then, he's done an interview or an Instagram Live post with Alan Averill from Primordial and Dread Sovereign, and he sounded far more upbeat about the prospects of uh, the success of Frost and Fireland. It seems like there's been a surge in ticket sales. Hopefully that's partially to do with my papering of his flyers all around Dublin City. If you're in and around Dublin and you've seen a Frost and Fireland sticker or flyer somewhere, that was probably because of me. In fact, it was because of me. Uh, so, yeah, take a screenshot of it, remember the dates, get the info, and go and get your tickets. That's going to do it for this episode of Feckin' Metal. I'm going to be coming at you soon enough with interviews with Stephen Waddell from Oath SC, Jeff Crosdale from Strangers with Guns, and more episodes in my series with Andrew DeBroy about Iron Maidens Virtual 11. But yeah, until that time, I will leave you with this.